This week on Lighting Money on Fire, the NBA All-Star Game is in the rearview mirror and we gear up for the last 30 or so games of the regular season and into the playoffs. Finally, Grant and I get down and dirty with who we think are the actual top 15 players in the NBA and in what order. That's right, in what order? We also talk about some other stuff that's relevant to any basketball fan out there. If you didn't feel like it just a little bit, this is highly relevant to your life. We're going to get into it right now. <laughs> I just made that up. We're going to get into that right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You didn't even mention how we're going to do a play-by-play recap and breakdown of the All-Star game. And how it's very important to do so. That's, and that's it would be foolish not to. Highly relevant. Yeah. Did, did you see what the score of the All-Star game was? No, I don't, I don't give a shit about the All-Star game. I have never watched an All-Star game. I will never watch an All-Star game. You've never watched an All-Star game. I've seen bits and pieces. Have you ever sat through an entire All-Star game? Back in the day, the NBA All-Star game was appointment viewing. Back in the day, like long ago. It is no longer. The players tried on defense? I wouldn't say they tried, but they tried harder than they do now. The final score of this All-Star game was something like, and I'm not making this up, Something like 183 to 168. How many alley-oops per square mile? I don't mile? know. I don't know. But it's, it's so dumb. It's such a waste of time. Who cares at all? I don't know. The only, um, there were a few interesting highlights. To me, one of the great ones does involve a Boston Celtic, but don't get angry at me. It really was pretty spectacular in the skills competition. So the way that they did the final, it was Trey Young against Tatum, Jason Tatum. And, you know, you have to, like, make a pass. You have to do a bunch of things. And it ends with hitting a three-pointer, which is the only reason, by the way, why Jason Tatum even made it as far as he did, because he was better at shooting threes than a lot of those guys he was up against. But in the end, it's him and Trey Young. Trey Young is just faster than Tatum is. So Trey Young had a, like, a 10-foot lead on him, which in this game is huge. So Trey Young was like dribbling. He was going to just take a quick pull-up three. And Tatum is like at half-court as Trey Young is pulling up for three and shoots a half-court shot and drains the half-court shot and just wins. Wow. And it was like pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Yeah. But... But, I mean, I didn't watch any of it. I just saw that highlight because I think all All-Star games, as you're saying, are dumb. Um, they, did, they don't have to be, but they are. And, uh, yeah, I just don't know the point. I don't well, know why anyone spends their time on a Saturday night or a Sunday watching that stuff. Forgetting all the incentives for the NBA to have the All-Star game. Right. From uh, the perspective of somebody who is as into sports as, as you and I are, it feels just like a waste of time, like you're saying. And, like, I would be totally fine if they just had all NBA teams and had no All-Star game. Right. I, I think the break is good for the players, but they could just have a break around this time anyway. And that would be fine. Yeah, I, there's there's nothing that's gained from it except the NBA makes money, as far as I'm concerned at this yeah. point. And the three-point shooting competition is like kind of cool. There was a while when the dunk competition is kind of cool, but I don't know if it's really cool you anymore. You get to it's recognize not. a few more players, because not yeah. all All-Stars are all NBA players. Most aren't even. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but you, you could fix that by adding all NBA teams. You could have fourth team all NBA. That's true. That's all it would take. Yeah. And you'd pretty much, you'd I guess five teams would really be yeah. everyone, but who cares? Something like that would be fine. You could also just name like all NBA teams at the all-star break, you know, yeah. have like a half, half season, all NBA, and then full season, all NBA, like if you really want to, or you could just not have it. The NFL doesn't do anything until the pro bowl after the season and nobody cares. It's yeah. like, Oh, we need our break. Now I know that in baseball and in basketball, they play a lot more games yeah. in hockey. So having a break is nice, but then the best players don't get a break anyway. They have to travel. They have to play. They don't play as much, but still, the NBA does give everyone a, a significant break. They have a week off. Right. So that is actually pretty good, I'm sure, for the players. Yeah. 
But you could just have a break anyway. You, you could do it. You could have a four-day break, and it would be fine. Or just have more rest days throughout their whole season. Like, you can do that, too. By the way, how about playing less games yeah, if we're Yeah, I was just going to bring this? that up. I'm all for a 50-ish game yeah. season. You know, like, we don't... I, I'm a big Blazers fan, but I don't watch all of their games. Like, I know a lot of people do watch all of the home games and away games of, of their team, mm-hmm. but... I mean, like, I just can't do it, man. It's too many games. I, I'm down for like 35 to 50 a oh, year. Oh, really? I thought you were a bigger fan than that. I watch most of the Celtics games. I wouldn't say I watch all of them, but if I'm like available to watch a game and it's on, I'm watching it like pretty much 100%. Yeah, of the time. I guess that's true for me too. But like sometimes I'll like start watching a movie before I realize the game's on. And I'm not going to stop watching the movie. For oh, the game. see, yeah, I would stop. Yeah. I would stop. Um, but I mean, some movies I would stop. <laughs> the really bad ones. Yeah. Ace Ventura 3. Ace Ventura 3, I would not stop. That's that is the right. Dude, answer. where's my car? Three, I would stop. Dude, where's my car? One, though. I mean, no, you get, you don't stop that. That is that is actually a funny movie, and I think it's important to make sure everyone knows I'm not joking when I say I like that movie and I've seen it more than once. Okay, have you seen that movie? I have seen that movie, but probably not since like 2004. So, oh, I mean, it's been a really long time for me too. Come on, just the the thing where it's like one of them they have back tattoos, and one of them is dude, and the other one is um, I can't remember anymore, like fresh. And they just keep saying, dude, fresh. He's like, what's on my back? Fresh. He's like, but what's on my back, dude? And they just keep saying because they don't. It's funny. Is, is it? Upon rewatching it, I think we might find <laughs> that we yeah. just have fun in this podcast. That that might be one of those movies where we were like, oh, those guys are mentally challenged. It's kind of messed up to, to <laughs> laugh at them. <laughs> like like uh, all of the 90s Adam Sandler movies. Like, oh, yeah, I thought that was funny. But it turns out he was mentally challenged. I mean, a huge amount of TV and movie humor, even now, but much less so than it used to be, is in someone is really stupid. That's just like a huge part of humor because they don't know how else to do jokes. Right. So like someone doesn't get something that other people get and then says something dumb is like uh, forever has been a big, big move. And I don't know. Remember, remember Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live? Like that, that never, was very funny. Never got old. And it was basically just, oh, Tom Hanks is retarded. Sean yeah. Connery is retarded. That was the joke. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. It was a pretty funny joke. It was. Especially when Tom Hanks played himself. That was, oh, did he? Yeah, he, there was a Tom Hanks Celebrity Jeopardy where he plays himself and is just dumb as rocks. Mm. It's really funny. Yeah. Highly recommend to watch it. But let's talk about the NBA. Oh, right, right. Because yeah, right. that's what we're here for. Apparently. All right. Um, so, yeah, I agree. All-Star break is good. All-star game. Not so good. 50 games would be great instead of 82 games. Yeah, it's better for the players. Um, it adds stakes. You know, like we were talking about last week, how the NFL is more popular. One of the main reasons is that each game is high stakes. Mm-hmm. 50 games makes each game significantly higher stakes. No doubt, no especially doubt. in conference games. You know, they it'd be more appointment viewing, as you would say, for regular season games. Absolutely. It would be. It'd be great. Yeah, the only they're never going to do it. Yeah, because <laughs> they make so much money on ticket sales. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we can talk about things that will make it better. And I often like to talk about franchise tags or not, you know, not letting restricting a lot of the superstar player movement in all the different ways. But like these things aren't happening and probably no. aren't going to happen anytime soon. So Adam Silver has discussed the possibility of shortening the season. He has. Oh, doesn't, sure. Doesn't mean he's going to. He, I'm sure he's discussed it, but why would they, they make it? It would cost them money. Why would they do the it? The owners would be way against right. that. That's for sure. Right. So you have to you have to figure out a way to do it so that way it doesn't cost you money. And I don't know how they can ever do it. That's why they're never going to go back to the first round of the playoffs not being seven games, even though it's mostly terrible. The first yeah. round of the playoffs. No, being I, seven yeah, games. that's that's all fair. 
from a financial perspective, but at the same point, it feels like something's got to break eventually when we're at the point where teams resting players gets fined by the league. They have to play mm. like a certain amount of minutes because it's so ubiquitous yeah. that teams need to rest their players because it's too much on their bodies. You know, like that's a problem. There's a lot of problems. I mean, the tanking culture of the NBA where it went in an 82 game season, it shows up much more than if it was like a 55 game season. So that way, 82 game season, it's like the last 35 games. The Knicks are just trying outrightly to lose as much as possible. Right. Cause they're like, Oh, we really do suck. We're bailing on this season. Maybe it's even sooner than that. But like, everyone's going to try for the first 20 games, you know, right. 25 games, 30 games, no matter what. And then you sort of like, okay, we do suck, yeah. you know, and then you try and lose. Right. But, um, but so it would really cut down on the percentage of time, uh, a percentage of the season that teams were tanking. Obviously there's probably better solutions to deal with tanking teams. Anyway, there's a bunch that have been put out there, of, of course. course, but, um, I don't know. The thing is, though, the NBA likes a lot of this stuff, even though they, they don't like the tanking part, but they like a lot of the other stuff. They they want to rest- they want to they want teams to be able to keep their superstars, but they like the player movement too because that gets all the talk. Yeah, gets I people mean, excited the Anthony about Davis it. thing is a great example that the Super Bowl was that week, but Anthony Davis was the biggest sports story. No question. Yeah, no question. I mean, and that's kind of amazing, and it sucks for New Orleans, right? In a few different ways. That was a rough two weeks for New Orleans, man. After the bat, the no call, and then Anthony Davis all in the same like little yep. period of time. But, um, but yeah, but Anthony Davis was a really interesting topic of discussion for us and for me, not just as a Celtics fan, by the way, although obviously that makes it just slightly more fan interesting of, fan of basketball. Yeah. It's like, what's going to happen? Like yeah. the, the chess pieces are going to move around and that's always interesting to me. I have to say, I don't like it when the players use free agency to, um, to build super teams because then it feels, you've heard me rant on this yeah. many times. It feels unfair to all the small market teams. But, um, but besides that, I think, you know, I think I understand why the NBA is, is not motivated to really change that. Me too. Anyway, speaking of teams that are trying to lose, yeah. we, we bet against two of those last week. And we it sure did. Didn't work out. No. New York is in the Zion race, really trying to lose. We bet on Atlanta minus seven at New York because Atlanta doesn't seem to be trying to lose, even though they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They've actually improved quite a bit this season. They have. Um, yet they lost to the New York Knicks. They didn't even get near covering. Super weird. We also bet on the Thunder, who are you know in the race for second in the Western Conference, maybe even first if they get super lucky, and they somehow lost to the Pelicans and all of their turmoil, even though they were minus three point five. So yeah, that was bad for us. We what lost. the hell? So you know what? I mean, I look. I've always said we're not experts. You can't right. take but, our no. We say betting that, as advice. That's the only thing we've ever said about it. And anyone who bets money on anything we would say probably doesn't deserve to get to keep their money anyway. That's all we've ever said. They probably shouldn't be allowed a loan from a bank, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Someone at some point, if we ever make it a little bigger in this space, the either sports betting or just sports talk space, it's going to go back and hear all this stuff and cut together something. And we're going to be like Jim Cramer from Mad Money. We're like on Friday, we're like, oil is the thing. You have to buy oil. And then money's like, anyone who bought oil, it's your own problem. Because he literally did that, you know? Oh, yeah, it's awful. Um, like I've told you so many times not to buy oil because oil was down. So he's going to take credit for it either way kind of stuff. They're going to cut together something like that for us and it's going to look pretty bad. We're like, we were joking. It's a comedy show. And you know, there's a lot of pitfalls to putting yourselves out there. People can cut together your shit however they want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's life. No one's done it to us yet though. We do that. We do it for you. I'm talking to you, the, the listener. Yeah. Also, it's fun to talk basketball. Let's get into talking about some of the main topics, though, this time around, shall we? Okay. Well, I think we're going to spend pretty much this whole podcast talking about one thing. Yeah. Which is something we always dance around. We're always talking about, like, how do we rank players? Mm-hmm. And uh, we've done it in different ways. We've done the idea of, like, how do we draft players for a franchise, etc. 
we're going to do it in a more immediate fashion. Um, we're going to do it right after the All-Star break, which seems like a good time to do it. Uh, this is inspired by something the Ringer did. Uh, we're kind of stealing from them, but a little it's going to be, gonna be more fun when we do it than them. So yeah, that's life. Uh, and we're doing it a bit differently. Um, so they're ranking like who's been the best so far this year. What we're doing is a draft, not a fantasy draft, but like if you're an NBA GM draft and everybody becomes free agents, who do you want for the rest of this year? So it's not like Luke is going to be number one because it's right. not rest of career, right? It's, it's rest just of this year. This year you're trying to win the championship this year. Who what's the order of players right. in our opinion for who's going to do the best? It's it's um. so the ringer did. Yeah. Who's been the best so far, which is one way to do your top 20 or 15 players. But really, the more reasonable way, I think, is like, who do you want from 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 now on for the season? Because that really says it's because you want predictive stuff, not like just historical stuff. Right. Like I know LeBron's missed a lot of games. So the ringer has him as like number 10 because they're talking about who's been best so far. But like we would never put LeBron as lowest. And I got to believe either yeah. one of us because we're thinking about in the playoffs. We know what he's capable of. And of course, he's LeBron. And so he's going to be much, much higher is my guess. Um, so it really is going to be a different kind of a thing, but in both are reasonable ways to put together a list, yeah. but I like ours better. I think ours is more interesting. I think it's way more interesting. Yeah. Like you can't just go based on pure numbers. You know, numbers can be predictive of the future, but we also have other opinions that aren't related to how they've done so far this year. Yep. All right. So I, I guess we, we got to start now. All right, let's do this. All right. So we're starting with number one. Are we going back and forth or are we each picking a player at each spot? I think we're going to. Each pick a player at each spot. We're not going to do a draft. Yeah, I think you're right. That makes the most sense. All right, this talk. is all like really hard right away. I got to oh, tell yeah, you. It's very hard. So thought process. Let's let's talk about our thought process okay. here. I'm going to narrow it down to some players. Go. And then go from there. Sounds good. Giannis is in there. Yes. I don't think I can put James Harden nope. in there. Not, not for number one. He's no. not in the running. No way. Uh, I think Steph Curry, Durant, and LeBron are the other guys I can put in there. That sounds right to me. I know Paul George has been having a great year, but there's no way he's the best player in the league at you any point. You can't take him over any of those guys right. and feel reasonable about it, you could, right? Yeah, certainly not all of those guys. Right. Um, I don't think there's anyone else who could... I would not put Kawhi in that conversation. I don't think there's anyone else you could reasonably put in that conversation. I think those are the five guys we can be talking about. For here. me, it's a two-man race when I think about it. It's Giannis and LeBron. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. I don't think Steph Curry can be there. Because Giannis has been clear. I think it's Giannis for me, even though that's maybe crazy because of what LeBron does in the playoffs. It's possible you could make the argument for LeBron. We're not, I, my guess is we, LeBron's not going to make the playoffs. That, that's not, that, we can't yeah. hold that against him for this draft. No, because no, um, he's going to go to a new team right, in this draft, right? right. So um, he has been hurt a little bit. Now he's been doing load management stuff too. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. Giannis is a young man, he's playing dominant basketball. He could still improve in the next four months or three yeah, months. I mean, Giannis's numbers are kind of undeniably incredible. Yeah. 27.2 points, 12.7 rebounds, six assists, 1.4 blocks. Wow. Okay, here's LeBron's just, to, just yeah. to compare. So far this season, 27 points, eight and a half rebounds. So how many rebounds did Giannis have? 12.7. Wow. So four less rebounds, 7.6 assists to like six point something. Just six. Just six. Assists. Okay. So one and a half more assists. LeBron doesn't get blocks, but he's got 1.3 steals. He's got a 57% effective uh, field goal rating as well. Giannis so, has 59.7. Yeah. Now, he's also, Giannis also has a significantly better net rating, but so does his team. Right. So I don't know if that's entirely fair. So the struggle for me here is clearly if you're going by these numbers, you pick Giannis. Yes. Um, but I just think in the playoffs, you'd rather have LeBron. Yeah. I just can't. 
I can't pick it's a hard player. To argue. I can't pick a player besides LeBron. You've seen the past five years. Yeah. Right? Like if you've seen LeBron over the past five years play in the playoffs and the regular season, by the way, because you've seen many regular seasons where he doesn't try on defense because he's mm. resting and he doesn't he doesn't completely go balls to the wall. Then you see him in the finals against maybe the greatest team of all time. Average like a quadruple double. Yeah. Uh, like 38 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists like making the most incredible defensive plays, which he's capable of. He just doesn't do it during the regular season. I have to take LeBron. You know what? That you've convinced me. I've come around on that. That's right. You're right. In the end, his playoff performances, when he is completely going all in, all out, yeah. you know, which he doesn't do during the regular season. By the way, look at his numbers anyway. Right. But um, he is the best player in the world, maybe the best player of all time. And he's still young enough that if he does that in this playoffs he will be the best player in the playoffs almost certainly and the, and also clutch as hell and we know he can beat anyone and his defense will be way better than it's been so far all right i've come around lebron's number one he's been the best player in the playoffs every year for his almost his entire career right i'm pretty sure i, I don't know about i don't know no that's not true there were many years early on where um People really got on him because he wasn't sort of aggressive enough and stuff oh, like that. Maybe since Miami, he's been basically the best That's player probably in the true. But really, since he, came, he went back to Cleveland, where he started putting up numbers that were just unheard of. Yeah. And has and done it really every year. Really passing the eye test in an extreme way, too. Like, mm-hmm. like watching the playoffs, you're like, I, how do you do anything against this guy? Yeah. He's incredible. I mean, I think it's possible he's the best playoff performer of all time just based on the last four years. Yeah. That is enough. Um, I've never seen anyone play like this in the playoffs. And I saw Jordan. I saw those guys. Jordan was great, but I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. LeBron is special in the playoffs. Yeah. I got to go LeBron. All right. I think, I think it's true. If if he was, if it was even a year from now, I might be going honest because I'd be a little more worried about decline, but he's still young enough that he couldn't turn it on again. He's 33, right? Like, come on, he can still do it. Yeah. He can still turn it on. All right. I guess that means number two has got to be honest for both of us. Well, let's, let's actually have at least a quick discussion about it because if we're really talking about playoffs as a big part of this, Kevin Durant's been the finals MVP the last two years. Um, yeah. Curry was the MVP finals MVP for a year. Like those guys have done it in the playoffs. At least Giannis has really done very little in the playoffs. Right? He made the second round last year against the Celtics. I think is that no. Yes. Yes. I can't remember. You know, he did not. They got bounced in the first round against the Celtics last year. They took him to seven games and got and lost. Giannis was certainly good, but um, he doesn't have like any kind of pedigree beyond his unbelievable, you know, regular season track record, really. Okay. I mean, I get all what you're saying, but it's kind of weird that you agreed it was a two man race and then you don't automatically put Giannis. In the oh, I, I think he is number two. I'm just trying to have this conversation. Right. I agree. I mean, I think there's only one guy who I could say is maybe the other guy, which would be Durant. Yeah. Cause he does it on both ends and Curry doesn't. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think I'd rather have Giannis than anybody else too. I do. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to bring, cause I wasn't really thinking about the playoffs. I wasn't giving the weight to the playoffs. That's why I had him at number one for a second before you said what you said. So I'm just trying to like give weight to the playoffs. But the truth is Durant doesn't dominate in the playoffs. Like LeBron dominates in a way that is so far beyond anything we've ever seen yep. in the playoffs that it's just not, reasonable to like, you have to give him extra credit for that, but I'm not giving anyone else extra credit. Durant's really good in the playoffs, but he's basically Kevin Durant in the playoffs. Like, okay, if Giannis can just be Giannis, that's fine. I'll take Giannis. I think our most interesting question, I I think I know what our most interesting question is going to be and it's coming up. Okay. But yeah, we're going Giannis too. I think that means for me, it's Durant number three. Oh, would I rather have Durant or Curry? Let's take a look at their numbers. So Curry's at 20, almost 29 points a game, five assists, five rebounds, 62% effective field goal. Okay. Percentage. That's pretty good. 
And Durant is at 20, 28 points, seven rebounds, six assists. So close. Uh, 56.5% effective field goal percentage. So Curry, because he hits threes better than the whole world, basically. Yeah. And, take, and his volume is so high. He's, um, he's just this offensive, you know, force. Obviously, Durant's quite the offensive force as well, too. Yeah. You're right. Durant's better on defense. Um, Curry, I think, is more dangerous offensively. And it's reflected a little bit in his um, his effective field goal percentage, but really just that he can suddenly score. He can hit like a seven threes in a row on you, basically. <laughs> Not that he does that, but you know what I mean? He can take over a game offensively in a way almost no one else can. Yeah. Um, I think it's really close. I guess I agree with you that ultimately it's Durant because Durant is still good enough offensively. And also he plays um, a true wing position. He can play like the four, the three, or the three. You can probably play him at the five. I guess you're not really going to. Very you can also much. play him at the one, by the way. I mean, he's a good ball handler, good passer. Can he really? Is he going to do okay against some of those good defensive point guards who are going to be like swiping at the ball? I don't know. But who cares? We're not. We don't have to worry about playing him at the one, right? Yeah. Like, it's not an issue. We can play him at the two if we had to. He'd be the biggest two guard in the world. Um, yeah. But really, he's just probably going to be your four mostly, your stretch four, and sometimes your three, and it's great. Who cares? Yep. All right. So we're both on the same train I right g- now. I guess it's close. These things are all really close, though. They are. They are, of course. And so I guess that makes Curry number four. I would never put Harden number four. I would never put like Embiid or Jokic or Paul George. Kawhi Leonard is at least a conversation. Yeah, it's Kawhi Leonard. Or I think Paul George is in the conversation too. This Well, he's been so good this year. All right. So let's let's just go ahead and say Curry's four then, right? Give me Curry's number. No- okay. So Curry is doing like 28, six and six, right? 28, five and five. Oh, 28, five and five. Kawhi is doing 27, eight and three with two steals a game and is probably the best wing defender out of everybody. Probably. Yeah. Paul George is in that conversation. By yeah. The way, of best wing defender. Yeah. By the way, Giannis is really good too. Yeah. But um, yeah. What are Paul George's numbers? Like 28.7 points, eight rebounds, 4.1 assists, 2.3 steals, 54.6 effective field goal percentage. He's better than Kawhi in every single category. And he's shooting Just like, barely. He's shooting like 42% from three this year. Wow. So, and both their teams are really good. Yeah. Which matters a little bit, right? They're, they've got the wins to back them up. I got to take Curry. I, I got to take Curry over him. I just like part of the argument being like the been there, done that thing. And we know he's effective in the playoffs. He, he, he breaks the game, as they say. I mean, Kawhi has been pretty effective in the playoffs. He has. Too. He has. I don't know, man. I might want to go Kawhi here over Curry. I'm not sure. That defense is such a big thing. Kawhi's so good defensively and now so good offensively too. True. Uh, but he doesn't make the offense flow. Like that's thing, true. The thing you keep hearing about the Raptors is there's the Kawhi offense and then there's the Raptors offense and they're different things. Hmm. And that's not necessarily Kawhi's fault, but I can't imagine an offense that Curry's in not flowing really well. Well, I mean, he makes everyone better just by his gravity. You know yeah. what I mean? Everyone's for the, def- the defense is forced to like, be pulled towards him. And so everyone's going to be more open than they would otherwise be. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if that's true for, um, I guess Harden in theory, that would be the case, but he doesn't pass the ball. He does, but you know, he takes so many shots and it's different. It's different. Um, and I see defense is more of a tiebreaker in this than as like a huge, huge deal because why, uh, this is something that Nate Duncan says from the Dunkdown podcast. And I tend to agree with him that offensive specialness is harder to come by than defensive specialness. And Steph Curry might be the most offensively special player of all time. It's possible. He's certainly m- more offensively special than Kawhi is. Of course. By a significant of margin. course he is. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Like the way he just makes the team work so well makes me want to take him. I will say this too. Kawhi's numbers, if you draft him on a new team, are this is about what they're going to be. Yeah. You put Steph Curry on a team without Kevin Durant, he's yeah. going to score a lot more points. He's going to be like at 35 instead of 27 right. or something, right? Like some of these guys are going to blow up. Like Giannis won't. Giannis is Giannis yeah. on pretty much every team, I think. His numbers are going to be the same. But that's not true for Steph and probably not true for KD either. Those two guys are going to do better yep. on a different team. They'll be James where, Harden, right? Like they'll do the James yeah. Harden numbers. Yeah. Like we've seen Steph without Kevin Durant and he was scoring 30 some odd points a game, right? Yep. So, yeah. Uh, I guess I understand. I don't know, man. I'm back and forth though. Like Curry is a defensive liability when you're really talking about everything, right? And you can put Kawhi on the best offensive players in the league pretty much. Yeah. Um, and he will do a fantastic job. This is true for Paul George too. I'm just trying to ask myself, if I had a team with one of these players and the rest of players were like average NBA starters, which team has a better chance yeah. to win the championship? And it feels to me like the Curry team does. Part yeah. of it being that he makes right. everybody else so much better, like you're saying. And also, like it is true, you can find a wing defender easier than yeah. you can find anyone who does the stuff that Curry does. But, of course, with Kawhi, you get all of it in one package. Man, I think I'm going to go Kawhi all over right. Curry, even though I know I wasn't considering him for number three. I'm, I think I'm going to put him at four. I'm going to go Curry. Okay, that's totally reasonable, of course. And I'm not going Kawhi five. Are you taking Paul George? I'm taking Paul George. He's been incredible. He's a legit MVP candidate. Yeah, he is. Or he has been. Um, I'm going Curry here. Uh, my arguments against Paul George over Kawhi is that Kawhi's been doing this forever, and Paul George has been doing this for six months. Um, and so I'd be a little worried about what does that mean in the future. Also, is it possible Westbrook, not, not having Westbrook is going to change things for Paul George? I don't know. I mean, he was really good back on the Pacers too, of course. Yeah, he was great. So, but Kawhi, Kawhi was better when back, this is all back in the day. This yeah. is like four years ago, but Kawhi was the better player back then when they were both sort of he was, unfettered. But, but now, but Paul George has gotten better since then. Yeah. And Kawhi's about the same as he was. Yeah, I think he's scoring a little more, but yeah, yeah, overall he's about the same. Right, like Paul George has definitely during his peak years improved. I mean, Paul George right now is the peakest of peak Paul yeah. George, right? Yeah. I, I'm taking Paul George. There. Okay. And then I'm, I'm taking Kawhi six. Right. And, and then imagine... I guess, let me make sure I'm taking Paul George six. So now the, the guys I'm considering besides Paul George is Embiid. Is there anyone else really to consider? I think we need point? to give a little Anthony Davis. To, I think at this point we need to start considering James Harden. Oh, Harden. Of course. Harden, Embiid, Anthony Davis, Paul George, I think is the next group for me, which is all you could make reasonable cases for. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about Harden for a second. Okay. Because we've pretty much Boy, we've really ignored to, him. Well, I don't think I don't think he's as good for the team as these other guys. Like his numbers are obviously completely fucking insane yeah. this year. Thirty six point six points per game. That's unheard of. Like I mean it's I heard mean, of. It's, it's totally heard of. It's heard of, but you'd never see it. It's like very rare. Yep. Uh seven point seven assists, six point seven rebounds, two point two steals. I mean, that's really good. Yeah, but with that much usage, he's shooting 54.6 effective field goal percentage, which you'd like it to be higher, but it's fine. Well, I mean, that much usage is going to drag that down. Right, though. of course. It is, but the problem is like... I mean, you put him... You get, him and Steph Curry change, change teams, get traded for each other. Yeah. He's got the Warriors now. What is his numbers? What is his effective field goal percentage now? It's it's higher, but I believe Curry's would be higher in the Rockets situation. Yeah, me too. Than Harden's is. Curry, I mean... Other people are going to get to shoot the ball a whole lot more. I got to believe, even though Harden's averaging more assists than Curry is, right? Yeah. But that's because he, he touches the ball every single possession. Right. And Curry's like, although he doesn't create as many assists, 
he creates more open players yeah. by being him. Okay, so are we picking on James Harden a little bit for two reasons? One, his team isn't as good. Mm-hmm. And two, because he shoots so, so, so much, we sort of see him as a ball-huggy player, and we're sort of ignoring his actual numbers, which are really freaking amazing. I'm um, asking these questions. I think it's fair to ask. I think compared to the six players that we have in front of him, I don't think I question any of our choices there. Like the only guy out of those six players who is a defensive liability is Steph Curry. And I think he's just better than James Harden. And uh, don't we only have five players ahead of him? Have we just done five? No, we got, we got LeBron, Giannis, Durant, Curry, Paul George, and Kawhi. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and I'm trying to figure out my, you have Kawhi six. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Who my you're six trying to is. figure out your six. If I'm going, that's where we're at. Okay. I understand. Cause you haven't decided if you want Paul George there yet. I have not. I, I think Embiid is a reasonable guy too. Embiid doing 27 points, 13 and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, two blocks. Yeah. He's reasonable. He's he the Sixers are very good. Of course. I, yeah. The thing is like, I don't know. I think Paul George is more polished than him. Embiid is still a bit nascent in his career. I don't know how many Philly games you've seen. I've seen quite a few this year. And there are just periods of time when he seems to have mental errors, possession after possession. And that's going to be a problem in the playoffs. I think I'm taking neither of those guys six. I think I'm taking Anthony Davis six. You're taking Anthony Davis? Yeah. Okay. That's reasonable. 28 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, two and a half blocks um, on a team that, I mean, I don't understand why they haven't been better, but they won 48 games last year and swept the, the Blazers in the first round. Um, I'm not holding the team lack of success against him. I think he'll be really good next year on whatever team he's on. And if he's on a team that's pretty good, they're going to be really good with him, whatever whatever team it ends up being. And we're like, oh, yeah, Anthony Davis is amazing, you know, yeah. um, as often happens in these situations. I got him at number six. Yeah, I think he suffers from the same thing that that uh, Harden suffers from, which is that their teams aren't as good as the yeah. other players' teams I think this so. year. And I think that's a fair criticism. Like, the whole point is how good is our team going to be with the, this player being our first pick in our this redraft? Yes, but it's hard to separate out some of this stuff, right? Like, like Curry is Curry is great and is a big re- part of the the Warriors' success, of course. Yeah, but if you put him on the Rockets, how many wins do the Rockets have? I don't know. Probably more than they have right now with Harden, but probably not a lot more. Is my guess? Maybe not. Um, I don't know. So, so as we start to move, if we put Anthony Davis on the Sixers, we put Joel Embiid on the Pelicans, for example. Yeah, that's fair. What happens if we put Anthony Davis? We trade Jokic for Anthony Davis straight up for Denver. Are the Nuggets better? I think they are. Yeah, I think. Right? I, I'm, yeah, I, th- that's a fair argument. So, so you, want, you want Anthony Davis at six? I want him at six. Yeah. Okay. He's so good. He might be this like just in terms of talent. He may be the second best player in the league right now. Uh, maybe. 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 I mean, LeBron and Giannis. It's tough to... I would put Giannis one and possibly Davis two. Anyway, I don't know. A six. I got him at six. All right. So since you've already like been milling more players than I have, why don't you go for your seven? Okay. So now it's Paul George and yep. Joel Embiid. I think that's it. Those are the only... And Harden. Those are the three guys. And Jokic, if you want to consider... Yeah, I'm not going to consider Jokic over those guys. Um, rest of season. I, I have a bias against Harden. I just do. So it's Paul George or Embiid. I'm going to go with the wing and Paul George and hit the defense that I get from him and stuff like that. I know Embiid's really good defensively too, but he stops centers. There aren't that many great centers in the league. Yeah. Paul George Paul George allows me to do more things because wing depth is so weak in the league. So I, I'm taking Paul George at seven. All right, so you've already taken Paul George. I have. Who are you taking at seven? For me, I think it's between 
It's between Harden and Anthony Davis. Hmm. Uh, I think I got to take Anthony Davis at seven. Okay. So we've we've now our, we both have seven. Our seven guys are the same guys in a slightly different order. We've we've yes completed the loop. We have the loop is complete. <laughs> okay. So now we've got eight reasonable guys at eight. I think are Jokic, Embiid, Harden. Right. Is there anyone else you think is, is worthy of this conversation? Jokic, Embiid, Harden, and we can start talking about some players who were on the fringes before, but but now can be in the conversation if you want to get real creative with with who you would choose. Like, like uh, for example, Lillard and Irving. Like, Lillard and Kyrie both being, like, reasonable to consider here, although probably shouldn't. I don't think I could consider either one of them at this early stage. It's too early. I, for me, it's way too early. Like, I would always rather have Joel Embiid than those guys. I would... I would rather have James Harden than those guys too. And I actually, I think I'd rather have Jokic as well. Yeah, they're yeah, not. I think you're right. But I think it's, it's reasonable. But I agree, they're, they are on the fringes of the conversation. But I think for me, I guess it's time to go James Harden. I could make a really strong case for Embiid though. I, I think that to me, I'm putting Jokic even outside of it. For me, it's between Harden and Embiid. And I'm going to go Harden. Like probably we've screwed up on Harden. We're being a little biased towards him because we don't like how he plays. We don't like his style is my guess. And his team has not had the success they had last year. But Whatever. I got him at eight. Mm, yeah, that's reasonable, but I still think I'm going to go and beat over Harden mm. because, first of all, defense. Defense yep. is nice. Yes, and it is. center is the most important position defensively, except for maybe wing against certain teams. I don't know if that's true anymore. I guess there is the whole penetration issue, which Embiid will really it, help. It completely you with. changes the entire defense to have. Yeah. A, that's why you can't play Enos Cantor ever, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are a lot of centers who can. There are a lot of guys, sort of like you were talking about, like defense is, is less special and that you can find someone who can play good defense right. at the center position. Then they don't bring good offense usually. So Embiid and like Anthony Davis are really special that way. I just weigh both. defense of a center more than I weigh it of other positions. Really? Mostly, yeah. Like just I, I don't think it's possible that Cantor is a worse defender than I, new Isaiah Thomas. Like with new Isaiah Thomas being five, seven or whatever he is. And like just getting crushed mm-hmm. over and over again, but you can play Isaiah Thomas because you can hide him a little bit more, right? You yeah. can keep switching around on the perimeter to the right. guy who's doesn't have the ball, right. which is actually something the Celtics have done. Whereas if you past. have Enos Cantor, the guy needs to get by one person. Then he has like a slight adjustment over Cantor's outstretched yeah. arm and he's in the wrong position and it's a layup every time. Right. Like it, it's a big difference. I think that's fair on some level on another level though. I think wing defense is probably more valuable um, because most of the best players in the league are wings and they're so good that even when, when they get, when they beat their guy, usually like the big man isn't going to be able to give them too much trouble anyway. Usually sometimes they do, of course. And the better the defensive big man is the that's great. But like being able to just stop that penetration period or make it much harder on them, making their lives hard, I think is incredibly valuable, especially as you're, if you're thinking about like playoff type situations. All right. So, so I with, think wing, but I, but okay. With so I'm also thinking back to a stat from two years ago. Mm. Which is like, so a lot of the question is how much does this player actually help their team with James Harden? It clearly helps the team, but it's hard to, we don't have any like super clear evidence of, of him with no other really good players to see what happens. I mean, he hasn't had a good player on his team for a lot of this season. Yeah. Paul's been hurt. Yeah, that's true. Capel has been out. And they've been been not that good. Like they've been, I mean, they started off really bad when everyone was playing. They were 0-4 yeah. and stuff, and they've come on since then. I mean, they're like, what, seven games over 500 or something now. Is All right, right, so anyway, to, to the stat that I was talking about yeah, with, sorry, Embiid, with Embiid, two years ago when the Sixers had nothing, like they had just absolute trash nothing, like TJ McConnell is probably the leading scorer type of shit going on. 
in, mm-hmm. on the Sixers. And Embiid was out for the majority of the year, but he played something like 33 games. That's right. And during those 33 games, the Sixers played like a 58-win team by advanced analytics. And when Embiid was out, they played like a 23-win team. Yeah. That's huge to me. Yeah. As far as like how much he impacts as a singular superstar, the team versus what James Harden does, which I'm not sure is that that high of quality. Maybe it is, but I don't have any evidence to back it up. I mean, yeah, there are ways to find that out. I don't I don't have that those numbers in front of me. I do like James Harden's net rating and stuff we can get. Um by the way, the Houston Rockets are thirty three and twenty four. They're at fifty eight percent of this point. And so they've actually done okay. Yeah. So, since starting off 0 and four, they're thirteen games over five hundred and and they haven't had Chris Paul or Clint Capella for a while. So I think we should give James Harden some more credit than maybe we're giving him, at least than I'm giving him, it sounds like, than you're giving him as well. Um, He's got a 3.2 net rating, by the way, James Harden does. He does. And what's Embiid's rating? 8.2. Yeah, that's a big difference for sure. Um, and just to give, like, Giannis's net rating is sort of insane, if I yeah. recall. It's like yeah, 13. 13. I mean, it's crazy. Again, the Bucks are outscoring their, their opposition by a lot of points anyway. But when Giannis is on the floor, they're outscoring him by, like, 13.7. When he's off the floor, it's like 2.2. Per 100 possessions, of course. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're going Embiid. I went Harden. Um, the next slot, I'm guessing, well, I'm definitely going Embiid. And I'm going Harden. There we go. I figured, yeah. Okay, so now we're nine deep. Is that right? Or yep. Now we're going to be on number ten. We've so the question is, Jokic. Jokic or one of the point guards. We got the point guards. And we have Jokic. Okay, let's. No, I don't think anybody else is in the conversation. Let's see if there's anyone else to talk about. The other here. guys who are now they can't be. It's like Kemba Walker, Blake Griffin, no Rudy, chance. Rudy Gobert, Gobert, forget it. Drew Holiday. These are ridiculous. Ben Simmons, Towns, Bradley Beal. Yeah, no, no chance. Nothing. Ha- Russell Westbrook, who has pretty numbers, but come on. For me, so we talk about Lillard and Irving a lot on this podcast. We do. They're the point guards of our favorite teams, and they're both spectacular players. Yeah. Um, and they are very similar players in the mm-hmm. effect on the game. They, they Maybe they go about it slightly differently. They have different types of moves, but they end up with effectively the same stats. Yeah. Um, so, so it's hard to really differentiate them. I think when I pick them, I'm just going to put them as a block as two because I think... <laughs> and I think that we should both do that because... Why? We're biased. Nope. I don't nope. think we should do that. I think we should talk about... They, they have some slight differences anyway. Um, Kyrie is more of a locker room cancer, which is something you were calling him last That's week. And true. I was, I was pushing back on, but with more thought, I, I find it hard to disagree with that. He also continues to say things that are at least questionable. Um, he's also hit, you know, a huge three in the biggest game of anyone's life, which is, you know, the game seven true thing. So he, uh, Lillard, of course, has hit big playoff shots as well, but like Kyrie's at the, on the biggest stage possible has been as good as you can be, but like he scored in that playoff series. I think he had 41 multiple times. I know he did it. Him and LeBron both had 41, one game. And I think he did it again also and hit the, the big three at the very, very end of game seven to win the game. Um, but is a locker room cancer comparatively to Lillard, who is quiet and does his job and likes being loved in a small town. Now, maybe he's ultimately going to force his way to the Lakers or something down the road, but there's been no whispers of that. Either. All right. But before we get into that, yeah, we got to decide if we want Jokic ahead of those guys. Or right. Not. Oh, and that way, I think it's fair to talk about them as a block, yes. Um, Okay, none of these three guys really play defense at any kind of good level, right? I think Jokic is the worst of the three. He's like, he's a really bad defensive center, which, again, center is Mm -hmm. important. He, let's talk about his numbers here. Yeah. 20.4 points, 10.6 rebounds, 7.7 assists, which is absurd. I mean, what the hell? How does he do 7.7 assists? Because he's basically the point center. They don't have a real point guard. Like, Jamal Murray is their point guard on paper, but he's really a shooting guard. Mm. Um, 1.4 steals, too. 
That's pretty good. That's pretty good. His net rating, and this isn't entirely fair, but it's 7.3. It's at least, at least bring it up. Lillard's is 6.1. Irving is 8.9. Mm-hmm. But again, that also goes to like your team and dominance sure. within your team and stuff. So it's not it's not entirely fair. All three of them are on good teams that have had reasonable success yep. this year, right? They're all like 10, 12 games over 500. I guess the Nuggets are more than that. Um, I kind of want to give it to Jokic, and I'm, but part of it is because the Nuggets have done so well. Yeah. And there's no other stars on the Nuggets. Jamal Murray is super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Millsap is not what he used to be. Like, they don't have anyone else, really. He's their guy. They need him every single day to be great. Neither of the other two teams, like, the Blazers more than the Celtics need um, Lillard to be great. Yes. But really, those guys, like, the Blazers are still, like, a deep, good team with lots of good players. I mean, they have CJ McCollum. They, yep. have, they have Nurkic. Those guys are good. Yep. Um, like, it's not the same in Denver. No. They've got They've got depth, but they don't have the quality depth that these other teams have. And I, that makes me want to give Jokic a few more points. I, yeah, I agree with that. And he's like, he's uh, more of a special player at his position yeah. as far as his, the passing ability at the center. Right. Like there's been slashing good shooting point guards for years and years and years. And Lillard and Irving are very good versions of that. Mm-hmm. But Jokic is a guy that is not really somebody you see very often. Yep. I agree. Um, he's got, there's a scarcity thing going on. Certainly yeah. now in the NBA where it feels like every team's got a great point guard pretty much. Um, but very few teams have got great centers. And does that mean anything really? I don't know if it does, but Jokic affords you the, the luxury to do things you just can't do otherwise. Um, I don't know if there's any other team in the league where the offense truly goes through the center. I mean, it does a little bit on the Celtics with Horford. A little bit in Philly. A little bit in Philly, maybe a little bit with Anthony Davis, but not really on any of those teams, yeah. right? It still goes through Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, Drew Holiday, right? Jokic is actually the guy the offense goes through yep. for real. That matters to me, and uh, in some ways, although I know there's a huge scoring burden on the other on the two point guards, Jokic has the biggest burden. Period, and his team's been the most successful as well. I'm going with Jokic, but I I wouldn't be upset if someone if you went in a different way or someone else thought I was crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jokic had a like a bet for his entire contract of his life to average 30 points in a year. I bet he could average 30 points if he wanted to. Also, he's like. Notably unselfish to a fault sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it, there are days if he starts if he's shooting poorly, he just stops shooting and just yeah. it's like all right, I'm going to get 15 assists this game instead. Yeah, and he does that regularly. It's really interesting. Yeah, this I think is, we got to give Jokic number 10 here. Okay. All right, so That's then fair. the debate becomes, I think, here we are unequivocally between Lillard and Irving. Irving, which is like this is where we always have them, right? Even though last week it's you, true. you decided to rank. I them said he's eight nine for some I reason. I said he's eight or nine, but obviously after looking at all this, I can never put him there. These these ten guys, certainly the top nine guys are better, and I think yo, I'm taking Jokic here. So fair yeah. enough. Because I don't think we like the ringer is Blake Griffin thirteenth, Rudy Gobert fourteenth, Kemba Walker fifteenth. I don't think They're those not. guys are close. I mean, there's a there's huge, a big big drop here. Yeah, this is this is the end of the tier in a big. It's interesting. I think we just came to a conclusion that I had not re- completely realized before. But the top twelve players in the NBA are a lot better than the next tier of players. Yes, yes, and there's it's probably also true like the top four or five players. There's yep. a tier break, but then there's like a huge group where you're like, okay. Yeah, like Embiid is better than Kyrie for sure, but is he so much better? I don't know, right? Like, as opposed to like, wow, like Kyrie or, or whatever, Jokic and Blake Griffin, it feels like there's just a gulf. You know what? There is a third guy that oh, is yeah? pretty far down on the ringers list, but he could be in the conversation. Oh, cool. This guy's averaged a triple double for three years in a row. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, he's got to be in the conversation at this point. 
because we're talking about these point guards, right? This is the same thing we were doing with James Harden. We're penalizing these guys for their play style. Yep. We're penalizing them because we think it wouldn't be fun to play with them. We think it wouldn't be fun to root for them if they're on our team. We don't like how they play, but they've been highly effective doing it. By the way, Russ, here's the problem with Russ, okay? Russ, first of all, is a little bit of a stat hound, and the stat shouldn't be this good. Even so, he's on a triple-double now three years in a row, so you got to give him some credit for that. The other thing is he just shoots way too much and refuses not to shoot way too much. And he's a terrible shooter. And he doesn't need to shoot this much, especially on this team now where Paul George is as good as he is. And I do want to, I do want to like dink him a little bit for that. I want to hurt him a little bit for that. You I, know? Yeah. And he has not been able to be the best player on a successful playoff team. I mean, in the end, I'm sort of doing this like, do I want to draft this guy or not as the GM? And I'm like, I don't really want Harden. I took him eventually, but I like, I'm waiting on Harden because I think it's, his play scouts makes everything else harder. Ditto Westbrook. Here's the thing about Westbrook that makes me think it's okay to, to rank him below these other guys. Go ahead. His effective field goal percentage, mm-hmm. 44.7. Right. That's what I'm saying. He can't shoot. He, he shoots a million. He shoots five threes a game and he shoots like 28%. Here's a stat from the ringer. Only two other players have ever shot this poorly from the field and from three at this volume, ever. Do they say who they are? Washington Wizards, Jordan, and Latrell Sprewell. Wow, not even Marcus Smart made that yeah. list. That's amazing. Um, I mean, it's brutal, but he keeps throwing up threes anyway. Like, it'd be one thing if he stopped doing it. By the way, how is it that no one can, like, talk this kid into stop shooting this much? I don't understand. Like, you have a coach, right? <laughs> Why can't Billy, Billy Donovan talk Billy Donovan. about this? I don't know if you have a coach. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, zinger. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't want to put him over. I don't either. I'd guys. rather have Kyrie. I would. I do. I'd rather have Lillard. It's possible I'm wrong about yeah, that. It's definitely possible. It's and possible. It, and Westbrook sh- is probably capable of being a better defender than those guys, although yeah, previous he years he's not been such a good defender, Westbrook. He's but, been better this year, though, yeah. defensively. No, I think he's I think he's clearly a better defender than those guys now. Um but like, it's possible if you trade Westbrook to either of our teams, just the one-for-one one deal, those teams are significantly better. It's possible. It's possible they're worse, too, though. But it's also possible they're worse because there's so many dynamics to work out that you just don't have to work out otherwise, right? He, he is a, a just a black hole of usage, and yes, it's problematic. It's hard on a really good team. And, I mean, look, Kevin Durant left, and I don't know. I mean, Paul George stayed, but Kevin Durant left, and that ruined the franchise's championship hopes anyway, right? Yeah, which they really could have won even the year he was there. They lost in seven yeah. games to the Warrior. They were, they were up 3-2. Yeah, they were up 3-2, and it yeah. looked like they were, they were up 3-1. 3-1, that's right. They really could have won that, and if they won that, they were almost they were very likely to beat Cleveland, right? Yeah. Although Cleveland did win the title that year. The Warriors were weird that year, man. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have had a great chance to beat Cleveland and be, the, and be the title, and then Durant wouldn't have left, probably. Certainly not gone to the Warriors, and everything would be different. Um but Durant did leave. And I don't know. that. To me, that is a little bit of a shot at Westbrook. Maybe it's not fair. Right. But Durant didn't go to like the Lakers. He went to the Bay Area to play with the winningest team of all time. It sounds like he's thinking, I can't win a title with this guy. Now, maybe that's not fair to Westbrook. There could have been other factors. But I don't know, man. Like, All right. We've given him his acknowledgement. All right. But now let's do what we want to do. Good. I'm ready. So in some order... 11-12 is going to be Irving Lillard. Yeah, I'm taking Irving over Lillard, even though he's a little bit of a cancer, just because because of his playoff pedigree is so extraordinary. And so, and since we're just talking about this season, the rest of the season and these playoffs only, I would do that. If it was, if it was for longer, I think I might go Lillard. 
Yeah. That, I mean, the playoff argument is a fair argument, but the cancer argument, I don't think yeah. should be overlooked it's because fair. it's possible that just blows up the team to have him there at mm-hmm. all. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the times he had those incredible playoff moments are when there was the biggest force in basketball reining him in and LeBron That's James. Like, That's fair. He's not going to have that in this scenario. Of course, LeBron has already been taken. No, he'll be the alpha. Yeah. So I think that's problematic. Their stats are similar. Let's just go over them. Okay. Kyrie's got 23.6 points, 6.9 assists, 4.9 rebounds, 1.6 steals, 57% effective field goal. Lillard has 26.3 points, 6.4 assists, 4.5 rebounds, 1.2 steals, 52.5 effective field goal percentage. Not so good on the effective field goal percentage for Lillard there. I mean, they're so close, though. But they are very similar. And defensively, I think it's pretty much a wash. They're both uh, slightly minus defenders. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, they both can like hit really crazy threes and make all the you know score like like nobody's business and know, go on huge runs. Right. Scoring. And Lillard being in Portland his whole career has not gotten a fair shake. And that can tint mm-hmm. things. That's in true. Conversations like this towards the guy who's on one of the most storied franchises of all time and has won championships with LeBron James. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So. I don't think I can I can accurately and fairly choose between the two of them, which is what I was trying to say earlier, because I yeah. want to choose Lillard because of all of the biases against him and because I like him better. Yeah. You know, and I, I know you like Lillard better, too. I do. But, but as a person, yeah, but you want I want be, I want Lillard's personality in Kyrie Irving's body, which maybe is what Lillard is. By yeah, the way, that's that kind of what it is. <laughs> Kyrie gets the Boston bump, right? And Lillard is well, in one of the smaller markets in the NBA. I mean, again, Kyrie like did it in the finals, like in a right. massive way against the best team of all time. Like to my mind, the best team of all time. Like that's the bump I'm giving him. Otherwise, I would go with Lillard for sure. Right, if, if without that finals, I think I'm going Lillard. But that finals is, that finals matters, man. Like right. But uh, the argument against is, of course, that Kyrie is one of the most minus locker room guys. He's in the bottom ten percent, I would guess. It's hard NBA. to argue. Lillard is probably in the top twenty percent, if not higher. He's like very well liked by his teammates and always has been. Um, Keeps a cohesive locker room. Yeah. I mean, that's so a, it's so there. So there you go. There's they're that close. I am going to take Kyrie. We were dra- in theory. We're GMs drafting. I am taking Kyrie over Lillard, but I agree. It's like as close as you can get. And the pros and cons are very reasonable. And it's possible Lillard is the non-cancer presence who you put in the finals and also has these big games like Kyrie. But just I know Kyrie did it. Yep. And it makes me think like he's not going to be cowed by the moment ever. And that is a big deal in the playoffs. So so I'm just feel like I, I got to Like it's just for this season. I'm believing we can ride or die for these, you know, 50 games or something like that without him destroying the team. <laughs> okay. I hope it's true. It's, I think both ways to do it are fair. I think there's interesting arguments for if this were for a longer term thing, if it were for career, because Kyrie is a year younger. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice thing on his side, but also he might be a locker room cancer for his whole career and make yeah. it so you can never really be that great. I would take, if it was for the rest of this careers, I would, and I was a franchise where there's still free agency and stuff. I would hundred percent take Lillard. Because sense. I'd be worried about him destroying the team internally or leaving the team and destroying the team that way. Both of which, by the way, are current Celtics issues. Right. So, um, I mean, there is some concern, by the way, in Portland about Lillard ultimately like wanting to go to the Lakers or something. But that's nothing that Lillard's ever said. That's exactly. Like LeBron said, Lillard is the guy he wants to play with. Kyrie has actually not said he wants to leave either. It's just all rumors. But he could have dispelled them very strongly and chose not to. And also clearly has said things that have not been cool. And it's problematic. I mean, so. I am a huge Blazers fan, but yeah. the whole Lakers thing, like it would be pretty fun to see Lillard play with LeBron. He would probably be a really good. I mean, there. Lillard isn't a free agent for another year and a half. So right. like LeBron's going to be pretty old. It'll be yeah. too late. But if, if the Lakers try to make a big move and like offer the Godfather offer to the Blazers of all the young guys for Lillard this offseason to like really capitalize on next season, mm-hmm. that could happen. Mm-hmm. 
That would yeah. be. I mean, that would be pretty interesting. That I would agree. be a very good fucking team. Yeah. Yeah. And if they bring in another Max guy, then it might be all over. Um, anyway, all right. moving so on. We've got our 11-12 there. Those are like, the, yeah, now we're into sort of like... Now is it Russell Westbrook or... Because the ringer has him 20th, by the way, which is pretty far down. Especially considering like they've his team's been good. Let's look at some they've other... they got Bradley Beal in front of him. I would never consider Bradley Beal in front of Russell Westbrook for this. Well, I mean... Are you aware? I mean, Bradley, Bradley Beal's numbers are pretty darn good, but they're not Westbrookian in any And the way. Wizards suck, by the way. Yeah. 25 points, 5 and 5, basically, yeah. versus Westbrook, who's like, what, 27, 10 and 10 or no, he's something? Just, he's just 22, 11.2 and 11.2. Oh, sorry. 22, 11, 11. I mean, that, it, I don't see how, the six more of rebounds and assists every game, I just don't see how you can beat that. And Westbrook's been on, his team has been good for the last, for multiple years, no matter what, Beal's never been on a really good team, right? But Beal's uh, not Beal's not really the debate. I think the debate goes between other players for thirteen here. Yeah, I agree. Westbrook, Blake Griffin, you got to put in the conversation. He's been really good this year. Blake Griffin doing twenty six points, eight rebounds, five and a half assists. That's surprisingly high. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't think you can take Kemba over Westbrook. I don't think so. Um, I guess you could talk about Gobert, but I can't really take that seriously. You could talk about Drew Holiday, I think, because of his elite defense. He's he's not just good at defense. He, like, shuts people down. He shut Harden down. I mean, his numbers are so much worse than they Westbrook's. Are. 21, 8, and 5 versus, what, 22, 11, and 11? Yeah, you're right. I don't know how I can... I agree his defense is, is probably better than Westbrook's, although Westbrook's D has been good this year. No, no. But, what do you mean probably? No, Drew Holiday is first-team all defense for sure this year. Like, oh, really? That's how good it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, fine. But even so... I don't see how I can. I feel like I got to take Westbrook over him. The other guys in the conversation might just be one more. Ben Simmons that has was, to be in the conversation. I was thinking about him. He is a transformative player. He just can't shoot for shit. Yeah. But I mean, Westbrook, by the way, it just so happens that Westbrook takes the shots. He just doesn't. <laughs> that's a lot of it. I mean, Westbrook scores a lot more points, um, and but he's needed to score a lot more points, but he does. Simmons also's numbers actually really are not as good either, though. No, He's at not. 17 points, but I give him a break on that because his team has got a million scorers. Nine rebounds instead of 11 rebounds. Eight assists instead of 11 assists. I don't know, man. That feels like a big difference. He's again. also better on defense than Westbrook. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I think I'm going Westbrook over Ben Simmons if it's just for this year, which it is. Are you considering Blake Griffin? No. 26.3 points. Five and a half assists. 8.1 rebounds. That's pretty damn good. It is. And there was a time when he was a top five player. And I think because he's in Detroit, nobody's really realizing how good of a season he's having. And that's why you're discounting him. That is probably part of it. Detroit's been really bad. Right. right but Blake Griffin also is Just saying like, passes the eye test in a pretty severe way for me. When you watch him play, he's so versatile offensively. He can, he can play point guard. He can play point guard, Jonathan. He can play point forward anyway. Yes, that's true. And he can shoot threes. Okay, but Detroit's four games under 500. OKC is 17 games over 500. Paul George. He has Andre Drummond. Oh, come on. Don't even begin to compare that. <laughs> okay. Paul George is in the MVP discussion. <laughs> that's true. But last year... Westbrook is the second best player in his team. But they won like 50 games last year also, and Paul George wasn't anywhere close to this But last he was year. still Paul George. He was still good. Um... He was still good. That's true. Blake the Griffin year before, nothing close to what the year before, there was no one with uh, with Westbrook, and they won fifty games. Right? I mean, I mean, he had Steven Adams, was, and that was his MVP season, right? Kevin Durant didn't. They have no, Kevin Durant? no, that was without Kevin Durant ah. when he won the MVP. 
Okay. Yeah, it's Steven Adams. Right. Exactly. Don't tell me. Don't laugh at Andre Drummond and tell me he has Steven Adams, though. Come on. Whatever. Blake Griffin. I'm taking Westbrook. You can take you can take whoever you want. I'm, I'm taking, taking Blake. I'm taking Blake. You're just you just hate you just hate these guys. No, I don't. <laughs> I just take Blake. Take Blake. 26.3, 8.15.4. He's good. Of course he's good. I'll take Westbrook. All these guys 14. are good. I'll take Westbrook at 14, though. All right. Who am I taking at 14? Let me see. Blake is obviously a possibility. You can start to think about Carl Anthony Towns. Ben Simmons is in there. I'm not taking Drew Holiday. Kemba I'm, Walker, you can try go bear. I mean, he's really good at defense. Really, really good. He is. But if you're building a team and he's your number one pick, like you're gonna really struggle. Like you need someone who can kind of score with your first yeah, you pick. Need, you kind of need a creator, right? You need someone who you can give the ball to and it's just gonna work out. You right. Know? And I think everybody on the list so far is a guy like that. Let me see if there's anybody who's not. I don't I think you're right. I think everybody so far on the list is a guy you can just give the ball to and the offense is going to flow through them and, and work pretty well. So Gobert would be the first guy that we would pick that would not be that guy. And maybe it's not fair to not put him in the conversation because of the format that we've decided upon where we're drafting a team. And maybe yeah. it would be different if we weren't drafting a team and just ranking for the rest of the year. Yeah. But That's with, dra- with drafting a team, I agree with you. You can't really take Gobert as being your best player. That said, everybody now has significant warts the rest of the way. Like, yeah, there's no one who's like, you're like, wow, I'm super excited for this to be my top guy. You know, like right. Ben Simmons. Cool. He doesn't shoot at all. Well, I mean, Kemba's kind of the total package in the same way yeah. that Lillard and Irving. Yeah, are. He's, he's just, like he's just a slightly, he's like an A minus version of he's them. the light version of them. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, so that, I'm, I'm leaning towards him actually for instead of like Blake because he can do it all. Because he can do it all. And he has been really good this year. 25 points, five and a half assists, four and a half rebounds. Um, and also no one else on that team. Yeah. He is all by himself. You put him with like a reasonable NBA team, like in a vacuum, he might be, he might, you know, what? I'm going Kemba because of that. That's a reasonable thing to do. That's a reasonable thing to do. But this is the last slot though, you know, you got nobody is else. Is this 15? Yeah. Wow. We're already there. I didn't realize that. Wait, unless it's not. Oh, you didn't take Blake Griffin. No, I haven't taken Blake. All right, so you're on 14. Yeah, I'm finishing. So you haven't thought about Blake Griffin. I thought about him, and I took Kemba. You take Kemba? Yep. Okay. All right, so now we only we only have one more slot left, and people are going to get mad, man, because they get left off. So the people that I have that I'm considering for my last slot here, I'm not considering Gobert because of what we talked about. Yeah. I've already taken Blake Griffin. So I'm, I'm considering Kemba. I'm considering Drew Holiday, who I think never really gets a fair shake. I'm considering Ben Simmons. Though I, I don't know. The shooting is a real problem. And I think that's everybody I'm considering because I can't take Luca yet. I was going to I was going to bring him up. I can't take Clay Thompson or somebody with like like Clay Thompson in the same way that as can't Gobert. You can't have him be your guy. You can't. And then they have Kyle Lowry, 25, who can't even be considered. So you're considering Ben Simmons, but you're not considering Luca. Luca. Yes. Luca can score. Like and can take over games at the end. That's true. He's got worse rebounds and assists, but gets pretty good rebounds and assists. I'm just think it's interesting. Why you? And of course, you're the biggest Luca Doncic fan of the, in the Pacific Northwest. Why? Uh, why not Luca? That's a good question. I don't know. I, if, maybe it's just some sort of bias against rookies. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of feel it a little bit yeah. too. Also, bias against like the Luca hype, where you almost don't want to go too far the other. Right. Like, um, like, do we? Are we really calling him the 15th best player in the league already? Are we really that far? I mean, the, what are the ringer has him like at 20 or something? Yeah, 21. Yeah. Um, okay. Another guy who we haven't brought, talked about at all is Carl Anthony towns, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I know he's offensively 
incredible, but he's a defensive liability at yes. center, which you know I yes. don't really like. But for like putting pieces around, he's a good guy to put pieces around, and he's a guy you can always give the ball to on offense, and something good will happen. Yep, which is nice. That is really nice. Oh, it's all very hard now. I might be leaning towards Luca because I got problems with everybody else. Everyone else is there's like you really can take Luca over Blake Griffin. Can you really do that? That's the question. I mean, come on. Let me take a look. I guess Blake. I have to ask my same the same thing about Kemba Walker as I'm asking you about Blake Griffin. I think I have to put Kemba at 15 because he's like the last he's kind better. of complete guy for me. Yeah. You know, and Blake is kind of the last complete guy for you. I mean, Luca's numbers aren't that different than Blake Griffin. He's scoring six points less a game. Yeah, but his rebounds and assists are kind of the same. I don't know, man. It's I think Blake's more effective on defense as of now. Like Luca is a bit of a minus defender right now. That's probably true. Um, I don't know. Luca takes over at the end of games too. Like when I'm thinking about like playoffs and stuff like that, like specifically, like I kind of think Luca, if, if he were on my team, could really win me playoff games at the end. I'm not as sure that Blake could. That said, Blake's got a much bigger resume than Luca does. He's more complete. He's ready Bo- to go. Both guys are on teams that suck. Or, you know, they're both like five games under 500 or whatever. So it does, it's not like neither one is helping their team win any more than anyone else. Does Luca have... What, who's Luca's second best player on his team on the maps uh, these days? It was, it was... Did it used to be Harrison Barnes? I think so. I mean... Who, DeAndre Jordan? I mean, Porzingis isn't playing yet, so right. not him. Right, he doesn't count. DeAndre Jordan's not on the team anymore. He was part of the huh. trade. No, so. I know. Oh, oh, that's right. He's not even on the team. Yeah. Wow. So he has nobody. He's he has done nobody. This with no one. That's impressive. I mean, Blake doesn't have a whole lot, but he's got he's got more. Yeah. I'm. I don't know, man. It's super. I'm going Luca. All right. I'm doing it. That's, uh, maybe that's crazy, but I'm going Luca. I'm going Kemba. Yeah. Okay. So the only real differences are I have Luca and you don't in the top 15. You have Blake and, and I don't, right? That's, that's the real difference. Well, that's we have some other movement. about 15, but we have uh, other things that were, were pretty different. You know, I, I guess you didn't write down your list, but no. I, I wrote down mine. And yeah. Yours is different. I'll go through mine. Yeah, go ahead. So I start with LeBron. So did you. Yep. Giannis too. Giannis too. So did you. Durant was three. Yep. Same with you. Four. Did we start? I think off? so. Because I had Curry four. Um, you have Kawhi. I did. Right, and then you had Curry five. Yep. I had Paul George. You went five. five. I went Paul George six, and I had Kawhi six. Right. Um, no, you had Anthony Davis six. You had oh my god, that's right. Paul George seven. You're right. Paul George seven. Anthony Davis. Six. Okay, so you had Paul George at four or five? Five. And I had him at seven. Yeah. It doesn't sound so crazy. It doesn't sound so different anymore. Yeah. Okay. I have Anthony Davis at seven. Yeah. You have Anthony Davis at six. Uh, I have Embiid at eight. I think you do too, unless mm-hmm. you put Harden over Embiid. I don't remember. Oh. I did go Harden over. Okay, Embiid. so you had Harden eight. I had Embiid eight. Then we switched. Switch nine Harden for me. Ten was Jokic. Ten was Jokic for both of us. Eleven, twelve were Lillard and Kyrie yep. in one order or the other. Thirteen, I had Blake Griffin, who is not on your list. Not even on the list. Yeah, I guess you had Westbrook at thirteen. Yeah, Westbrook, then Kemba. Then you had Kemba. Then you had Luca. And you went. You Blake, went Blake Westbrook, Westbrook Kemba Kemba. Oh, I would be, I give my kingdom to like be able to put these guys on different teams and see how things went, you know, be able yeah. to like actually put them with just like a bunch of league average players and run a simulation or just run the season. I don't know if that's a fair times. way to do it. Cause like different situations are better for different players. I think like you're saying, Giannis is going to put up his Giannis numbers mm-hmm. one way or the other. I think some players are better for having really good players around them than others are like, I don't think Westbrook is good for having really good players around him or at least multiple ones. Cause he needs the ball so much. 
I mean, the one year he had, not the one year, but when he had Harden and Durant on his team, they went to the finals. That's true. That went pretty well. Yeah. Um, when he had Durant on his team, they were they had the Warriors down three to one in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's yeah, maybe, maybe he right. does great. The, I think for the first like five or six or seven guys, there's no there's no real value in putting them with league average players. We already know what they can do. Right. But I think from like eight to fifteen, where there's all this question, like I want to know what Westbrook. It's possible Westbrook is a top four player, but we can't see it right because of our biases and because. I don't know why, because because of his teammates, you know, and like how, how it actually plays because out. Because he shoots like Ben Simmons, except that he actually takes shots. Yeah, it's po- there's like there's just so much we don't know. And like the very, very best GMs in the world, I guess, can can answer those questions and then they make the better decisions than most of the other guys, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, sometimes a change of scenery is all that's needed. Like there, there are a couple classic examples, you know, like Isaiah Thomas to the Celtics, right? He became insanely good that year. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't so much a change. I mean, it was a change of scenery for sure, but it was, but it was a change of role. Right. No, sure. Like, and when I say scenery, I mean everything that comes with it. Like the teammates are different. The coach is different, all this stuff. And you unlock a player's potential. Right. Uh, To a lesser extent, it happened with Yusuf Nurkic when he got traded to the Blazers. hundred percent. Where Plumlee was valued more than Nurkic in the deal. Yeah. Nurkic Nurkic in a one. Yeah. Nurkic in a one for Plumlee in a two. What What an absurd deal. Yeah. And Nurkic is like a top 10 center now. And Plumlee is nowhere near that. I know, uh, I know, and of course, because I read about the Celtics, so I'm mentioning them for a second, but this is relevant. Danny Ainge has talked about how they have lists of players who they think are being misused on other teams that they like try and go after. I think Jay Crowder was one, Isaiah yeah. Thomas was one, where they just feel like, oh yeah, we bring him in here. We, we have a, we know what role he's supposed to play. They believe they know anyway, and they can like make them sing. And, and Brad Stevens has been really good with those kinds of players for years and years and years, where they get a guy who never just done anything. He does something and they trade him for more than more like more than they should. Yeah, Even Evan Turner's a pretty good example. It's possible of that. that Tim Hardaway Jr. is Jalen Brown on the wrong team. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. I don't know if that could be, but but yeah, like um, but but there's something to it for sure. And uh, so then like you start to like look back and try and identify like where are circumstances where players can thrive. And sometimes it's gonna be about just the chemistry and the fit with the other players, but often it's gonna be about the organization, I think, and understanding what role that player is supposed to play. Yeah. And um, there are some teams that do it way better than others, right? Yeah. Like the Knicks do it very badly. They seem to. Yeah. The Lakers do it badly. The Lakers have been doing it badly for a while now. The Lakers are kind of a trash fire. They are incredibly lucky LeBron decided to sign there. And now everyone's talking about playing for the Lakers. But like besides LeBron signing there, what's the last good thing the Lakers have done? Kobe and Shaq titles. Yep. But I'm thinking from a GM point of view, like traded for, drafted, traded anything. for Shaq. They traded for Shaq. Like they drafted, they they drafted D'Angelo Russell. Then they drafted. Uh, they made the draft they Brent, to get Kobe. That's true, but this is now like so many years yeah, ago, right? Like, this is all 20, 25 years that's ago. Twenty five years ago. Right? I'm thinking like in the last five, seven, six, seven years, have they done anything well? They signed. They gave. They made Luke Walton their coach, but they may fire him by the end yeah. of the year <laughs> um, because LeBron wants some. Does, isn't loving it. Drafted uh, Josh Hart in the second round. That was a steal in the second round. Okay, I'll give you. That. Actually, Kyle Kuzma was a great draft pick for that. Yeah. Okay, they did that well. But man, have they blown their top three picks, top two picks three well, years in a row? I mean, they blew it with D'Angelo Russell, sort of. They Twice. Blew it, they blew it by giving up on him. Well, maybe it's not even fair to say that. Maybe they just can't develop players. Yeah. But then that's on Luke Walton and whoever was there before him. I don't even remember who the coach was anymore. What, would, been so what many. would you have to give along with Lonzo to get D'Angelo Russell back now if you're the Lakers? Wow. Um, would, would Lonzo and Brandon Ingram be enough? 
probably gotta be enough, but probably, yeah. but that's a funny question. <laughs> it's super weird. Cause those they, are the other second you, overall draft. Picks. You know what they, they traded D'Angelo. They didn't just give him up yeah. away. You know what they traded him for, right? What they trade him for? Brooke Lopez, who is now who they then let go after the season and is crushing it on the Bucks. Play, having, and it would be great on the Lakers with he's, LeBron. He's, he's playing, perfect. He's playing a pretty good role on the Bucks. He it's exactly what LeBron needs. It's really it's so funny like how they keep making the wrong decisions. It's yeah. it's as someone who's always been anti Lakers, it's great. But yeah. um and fun to watch. But that said, it it often doesn't matter because LeBron went there and if Ka- any of Kawhi Durant I don't believe this is possible with Kyrie. Anthony Davis ends up forcing his way there, whatever it is. It works out for them anyway. It so does. They, they have they have that going for them. But it, the whole D'Angelo Russell saga is very funny. It's incredible. He's an all-star now. <laughs> um, but maybe he just wouldn't be. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times, I know Lakers fans sometimes like shake their head and like, wow, like we took Lonzo, we could have had Tatum, for example. Like, wouldn't Tatum look amazing on this team right now? We could still have D'Angelo Russell and have Tatum. That'd be so much better than yeah. what we have. But I wonder if it's true. Like, would Tatum be Tatum if he was on that team with that player development? I don't know. Would would DeAndre Russell be who he is this year if the, if he was still on the Lakers? I don't know that he would be. No, that's, those are fair points. So maybe it's not about the selections. It's about you can't you can't bring these guys you know to evolve into yeah, what they need to be. It's also possible they give up on people too early, and yeah. that might not just not just be getting rid of them, but also like trying to develop. And they they give up on that. Like as an opposite example. The Blazers are very good at developing internally, and they kind of have to be. It's out of necessity. Yeah, they need kind of like other small market teams. But there are players like Alan Crabb, who didn't really play any minutes until his third year, and then became like a desirable player. Mm-hmm. And Jake Lehman this year, for example, he's been on the team for three or four years doing nothing, being on the bench unit that plays the last two minutes of the game when the Blazers are up by 20. Yeah. And now he's significantly improved and playing important minutes. Yeah. You know? And there are guys like that that just aren't ready right away. And D'Angelo Russell may have been one of them. And the Lakers may have passed on a lot of these guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That said, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, Kyle Kuzma didn't need to develop, though. He, was, he is what he already was. Yeah. Like, he hasn't gotten any better, but they right. did draft him at least. Um, Josh Hart, I guess, has improved. So they get a little bit of credit maybe for his improvement, although he obviously should get some credit, too. But the fact that Ingram hasn't really improved, Lonzo hasn't improved at all. D'Angelo did not improve while he was there. It's weird. It's weird. So that's another topic I want to bring up for like the end of the podcast okay. here is the Lakers are unlikely to make the playoffs. Right. I would, I would bet against. Um, I, mean, I think these days, like the, the odds are that it's like plus 800 for them to make the playoffs. Right. Cause they are 28 and 29 and currently eighth in the West is the, the Clippers at 32 and 27. That is a monumental hill to climb over the last third of the season. The other thing is also Sacramento, who is not going away, it seems, is, is 30, that, and 30 and 30 and 27, right? So, I mean, LeBron needs to come back and they need to go on a streak. They need playoff LeBron right now. Yeah, now, it's possible they'll get him because maybe he wants to make the playoffs, but so what's the plan here, LeBron? The plan is to go crazy in this regular season so you can get blown out by the Warriors in, in round one? Like, I mean, that I get maybe that is the plan, but like that's a lot of work to like you know you're not getting by the Warriors right of course he knows that with it's, this team he knows it's just weird to live in a world where LeBron isn't in the playoffs yeah how is that a thing like well he had, he, he had the worst team in the world last year and he did it anyway but he was in the East you know? he was in the East he knew what he was getting himself into a little right. bit when he came over right um, he didn't expect the Clippers and the Kings and the Spurs to be this good 
True, but he probably would have thought some of the other teams would be better, i.e. the Pelicans, who won 48 True, games last year. and the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves, for sure. That's I mean, it. it was going to be tough no matter what. Maybe if you're LeBron, you've just had so much success, you just assume it's going to be fine. But the truth is, he left the East to go to a place where the Warriors were. Yeah. He knew he wasn't going to win the title this year unless some crazy things happened, like some crazy trades or something. Like Anthony Davis forces his way, and that even that wouldn't be enough, as we know. We can see Anthony Davis on that team is not going to get through the Warriors. Right. And not going to win a title this year. By the way, Anthony Davis next year, not going to win a title. Either. They're going to need more than that. They'll probably get more than that. Yeah, I mean, you had Kemba Walker and Anthony Davis. Okay, that's pretty good. So how does LeBron feel when that first round of the playoffs is happening and he's not in it? Is he regretting his decision, do you think? I hope he is, but I would guess he isn't. I, I would guess he came to LA to do a lot of things, including like make Space Jam 2, which they are beginning principal filming on I mean, actually I can't pretty wait. soon. Obviously, I can't wait. <laughs> um, he's got, in his mind, maybe he's already accomplished all he really needs to accomplish sort of basketball-wise. It'd be nice to do more stuff, but it's it's okay if he doesn't, maybe. Um, like when he sort of steps back, he, there's like a bigger picture for him where he's a global brand and icon and he's thinking about his next, the next stages, yeah. which it feels like that's what's going on at least during the regular season. It never feels like that in the playoffs, but last year in the regular season with Cleveland, it sort of felt like that too, mm-hmm. where he started sleepwalking through the regular season and then the playoffs came and he was incredible and they went from being the four seed to being the best team in the East as usual, right? So I don't know. Maybe he thinks like we can just make the playoffs. We, anything's possible because I'm damn LeBron, which he is. Damn LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to make it this year. No, I, I would bet against them for sure. Speaking of Space Jam, I gained a lot of respect for Clay Thompson just from his answer to this question over the All-Star Weekend. Over All-Star Weekend, which is hosted in Charlotte, which Michael Jordan, part owner, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, he got, Clay Thompson got to hang out with Michael Jordan for a while. And a reporter asked him, what's your favorite Michael Jordan story from, like, from that moment? Yeah. And he said, my favorite Michael Jordan story is probably Space Jam. That is an incredible answer. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. I wonder if you're Michael Jordan, you just get bored of all that kind of stuff. You're like, please stop talking about that. Like, can't we just like hang out and talk about cigars? <laughs> and not Space Jam? Yeah, not, well, not, I mean, just like basketball. Maybe he likes it. Maybe he just likes people always. I mean, being, when you're considered the greatest of all time in something, it's probably nice. To, I guess maybe over time you get tired of it. I would get bored. Yeah. Like for a while, that would be awesome. It's like, yes, yes. But at some point, you're like, yeah, yeah we all know I'm the greatest. We don't need to, you don't need to tell me you're such a big fan and you watched me growing up and I don't care. I know. I, I already knew that. All <laughs> of you did. Everyone did. I know. It doesn't matter. I wonder if it gets old or if it, for him, it's always still like important to hear that. I don't know. It might become like an addiction type thing yeah. where it's an addiction he's unaware of where if it stopped happening, there would be a real withdrawal problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is reasonable. Anyway, on that note, I think we're pretty much done here. <laughs> I think so. 